Well, we are back to this wonderful show, which is the Progressive Minds. We have in our midst the almighty Chef Eros. He's also known as the Billionaire's Chef. Uh, we want to take a moment to do a proper introduction. Uh, Chef Eros, I know that um, you've had a very busy schedule this week, uh, even mm -hmm. today. But we want to welcome you, especially to the Progressive Mind Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. And would like to introduce him as the one who knows what billionaires eat for lunch. As I said, Chef Eros has cooked for many, many people, notably uh, billionaires, famous people on the continent of Africa and here in America. Uh, some of them uh, on the continent, Ali, the billionaire Aliko Dangote, who is the owner of uh, who is the owner of uh, Dangote Group. He is also cooked for Mike Adenoga. Uh, one of the uh, one of the rich folks in Nigeria, if not on the continent of Ghana, uh, of Africa, he's also good for the Grammy Award winner Lauren Hill. Uh, can we go on the Can we go on down the list? He's good for Richard Demi Joe. That's if I got the name right. Uh, he's an actor in Nigeria, a famous actor in Nigeria. His name is Richard Demi Joe. Demi Joe. Now I wouldn't want to bore you with the names of the folks he's cooked with, but. Uh, this gentleman is also a former commissioner for culture and tourism in the state of Delta in Nigeria. And without much ado, I'd like to introduce Chef Eros to the conversation this afternoon. Chef Eros, once again, we are humbled to have a man of your status and caliber on this platform. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Now, a lot of people would want to know um, how you started cooking. But before that, Chef Eros, uh, when we started connecting, and thanks to Oni. Thanks to Oni, a uh, great lady, for making this connection. Uh, Oni, wherever you are, God bless you. Thank you uh, for everything you're doing for the community. But some would be wondering, is he married? Does he have family? How many siblings does he have? Stuff like that. So if you don't mind telling us about your family, how many siblings do you have? Uh, quite a number, actually. So, um, technically, eight siblings. I'm also technically an only child. Um, so, I have um, five siblings, si um, four siblings from my dad, and three siblings from my mom. Wow! And uh, so, only child for wow. My mom, mom and my dad together. Your mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. And so, did you grow up in Nigeria your entire life? Yes, I did. I grew up okay. in Nigeria. I was born in Benin City. I grew up between Benin City and Lagos for most of my life. And then I, I spent um, quite a number of years in the UK whilst I was studying before I moved back to Nigeria to pursue my career as a chef. And at some point, you, you pursued your career in the UK, France, or the US? In the UK, um, um, between London, Wolverhampton, and Birmingham. Uh, when you were growing up in Nigeria, had food always been something that you, you know, you always wished to, you know, to pursue in as as, as a career? No, actually, um, my the the desire to pursue it as a career only came um, during university. Mm. Um, but food was a huge part of of growing up as a kid. Mm. Um, um, we definitely were a food oriented family and used to do a lot, a lot of cooking. You know, um, I came from pretty decent uh, big family you know so we we spend a lot of time you know eating <laughs> let's put it that way yeah and uh so so whilst you were so so you would say based off your growing up you developed this interest for cooking but never something that you would want you want you had wished or you would want to do as you know a full-grown man yes okay now were there others uh curriculum activities you know in africa you know, uh, you know, we do the outdoors a lot, you know, by virtue of our, you know, some, a lot of situations in Africa, you know, we don't have the games and the laptops to stay at home and be on your phone. So we go out, we play soccer, we engage in sports. What other, again, other extra, uh, extra activities? Now, would you say that soccer was one of the things you were passionate about, like most Africans? Not really, actually. Um, I spent a lot of time at home, um, um, uh, watching TV a lot. Um, I was more of a social person, so I used to um, prefer to go hang out with my friends, and maybe play video games, than do more. Of, um, do more. I didn't do a lot of sports, to be honest. I'm not a outdoor person, so okay. to speak. You know, um, if any sports at all, swimming was probably my thing. So you know uh, the. 
with the type of person you are in Ghana, we would say we would uh there's a nickname we call people who grew up like you, like people who had all the you know the computers, had all the good stuff going. We call them dada ba. Dada is like dada, right? Daddy, like daddy, right? Mm -hmm. And ba is child, so daddy's child, you know. Um <laughs> So, for, so fortunate for you, you you had all of that, and so uh, the you know, and now, so at what age did you travel to? Um, I mean, travel abroad to further your education. Um, I believe I was ju I just turned sixteen. Mm -hmm. um, I just turned sixteen, so I was I was I was not even quite sixteen. I was fifteen and a little um, when I went when I went to study um, international business management at the University of Wolverhampton. Okay, and then you came back to Nigeria and started your first company. Can you tell us about that? Okay, so, um, well, the, it actually started whilst I was in university. Um, whilst I was in uni, I had a little thing called Chicken Guy. Um, and it really just started very organically from doing a number of house parties and making marinating chicken um, to be grilled. And then before I knew it, I was making it and, and freeze, putting it in freezer bags and selling it to, to friends, you know. Um, but then um, I got a job um, working as a bartender because I wanted to learn how to make cocktails and found the kitchen behind the bar, which was, was for me very intriguing to see, you know, all those people sort of in that chaos come together in a very sort of organized manner to put together one plate you know um but then uh, my mom has actually been a huge part of this journey because whilst i was in uni she kept talking about wanting to open a restaurant and go into you know the restaurant industry and so when i um, when I was completing my degree, she asked me to help her write a business plan for a restaurant. And that business plan just sort of became my future. I moved back to Nigeria in 2008. Well, I went back to Nigeria in 2008 to help her sort of execute parts of the business plan, you know, um, the location, the staffing, all of that. And um, I ended up just staying back, you know, and continuing to set up the restaurant and become a, a huge part of my life. And somewhere in that story, you also you also mentioned how your mom and maybe your some of your siblings came up with the capital for you to start your first business. Yes, that's correct. So I had saved up quite a bit whilst I was in uni, but it wasn't enough to do anything, you know. Um, but because my mom already wanted to start the restaurant, you know, um, I, she was a, she, she put, put foot forward most of the money that was required to set up the first restaurant. My sister was my sister and her husband also played a huge role in that first restaurant. Um, that restaurant failed. Um, we ended up shutting it down about two years in. Um, it was already an existing business. You know, it was a cafe at the time, which we converted into a restaurant. You know. Um, um, but two years in, that business had failed, and I sort of said to myself, oh, I wasn't going to do this anymore. Yeah. I didn't want to be in the food business anymore. It was way too stressful. I mean, imagine a 21-year-old running a restaurant. You know, it was I was too young and didn't think it was something that I wanted to do any, anymore at the time. But I guess God had already ordained that I was going to be in the food industry, and I saw myself sucked back into, you know, food barely two years later. How do you, you, you okay? So that was very swift. You you sought back in, into the food industry after uh, being discouraged, having started. Uh, would you say that maybe you spoke with your dad or your mom came back? To you, your your mom spoke with you and said, "Hey, bro, son, if this is truly your passion, go for it." What was the thing, or who came to you to give you that push? No one actually. Um, it it happened because I started dreaming a lot about food at the time. So um, I'd had these series of very vivid dreams where um, I, I was in a cookie production factory um, and I couldn't eat or taste the cookies. You know, um, I would always wake up just before I could actually taste or eat the cookies. And that used to really irritate me, you know? And then there was, when there was that Occupy Nigeria strike, um, my first people that said you know since you're bored and you've been at home and you want to you've been talking about these cookies why don't you just go ahead and make the cookies so that's what i did i went ahead and started making the cookies and that sort of became you know my business now thank you so much for uh great responses some would also wonder um you of course you look very young for everything you've achieved you know with all the support you've cooked for uh, is there family in the works? Are you already situated family-wise? Are you married and have kids? I guess that's the point I'm trying to... No, I'm not married. I don't have kids yet. 
Okay. No case that I know of. <laughs> At least no case that you... <laughs> the man has been honest. Uh, uh, you know, and again, growing up in Africa and trying to pursue a dream or a career that is uh, non-conventional in the African, you know, uh, space or in the African contest. Mm -hmm. Did you did you face uh, our setbacks or you know setting discouragement from the community family uh, with regards to you know other careers where they like trying to turn you into other things you know the the most popular the popular <clears throat> careers that Africans kind of basically like to push their children into. So um, for me, I was I think I was quite lucky because I come from a very artistic family. Right, a huge part of my family are in print media, you know, art, drawing, you know, painting. My uncle was a musician, you know, so a huge part of my family is already very, you know, artsy fancy, very, um, what they call it, um, um, culturally inclined. You know, I have an auntie who has a restaurant, my grandma had a restaurant, so if for them, there was not, it wasn't really a big deal. It's not if, anything, <laughs> if anything, it may have been maybe a few friends who didn't quite understand why somebody with my sort of my education and how smart I was would want to limit myself to being a chef. It was like, how do you go from being a first class student to, 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 to being a chef in the kitchen? Like that doesn't make any sense. But there was something inside of me that kept itching for me to do this, you know, that kept pushing me to come back into the kitchen to get, you know, uh, what's it called, to be focused on, on food and beverages. Yeah, I guess, I guess that exactly the point I was trying to drive, uh, which is friends and um, uh, loved ones you know, distracting your vision. And 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 the reason why I say this is very common in Africa, right? Because we used to, like I said, the conventional careers, you have to be a banker or all of that. And then you mentioned how smart you were. And so people typically go through this, you know, and, and but thank God that you belong to a family that gave you that support and encouraged you. And even if they hadn't done so, you it was already in you and you, you were burning with it and you were going to become this um eventually so now you've you have you know channel you've you've taken this path you were succeeding um the first restaurant after this the the failed one is what again which what was the name so after the failed restaurant yeah um the next restaurant is actually my current restaurant now Ile eros but before that was the bakery so right after um, um, the failed restaurants, I pulled back out of the food industry, went into alternative energy and real estate. I was setting up a real estate business at the time when this whole Occupy Nigeria thing happened and right. I started baking cookies. And before I knew it, I, I, for, I forgot that I was doing real estate and alternative energy and I was just baking every single day. I, and and so what? how did you get your first break? Oh, let's, let's say this. Who... Who is that person that gave you your first break when it comes to you serving, you know, famous people? Interesting. I don't know that I can put my hand on one particular person right now. Mm -hmm. um, um, it happened, I mean, over a number of things. So um, in terms of and the list of famous people goes on even more than I know, because one of my first breaks was um, with my bakery cookie jar, um, a job called the Tinsel 1000, right? So Tinsel, which was an Mnet um, African magic TV show, a very popular at its time, you know, was celebrating their 1000th episode. Right, and I got hired to make one thousand cupcakes to, you know, celebrate the one thousand episode, you know, and and as a result, um, I I I obviously met quite a number of famous people at the time, and my brand definitely got out there. But one of the first people that I would say, you know, I remember my barely a month into Cookie Jar, Don Jazzy, who is a very famous um, producer back home. <laughs> Yeah, $100, right, mm. for yeah. what was maybe like $5 worth of cookies. 
Okay. You know, and I think for him, that was just his way of supporting, but that really definitely touched me, right? Mm -hmm. And I was blessed to be in a position or a location that had a lot of influencers and celebrities around. You know, on the floor below me, um, one day call and uh, Dr. Sid used to live on that floor, you know, and um, they were, you know, pretty good friends of mine. And so, um, you know, they were one of the first people who tasted the product and, you know, got it out there. And before you knew it, before I knew it, it was going viral. And and so, you would you say Don Jazzy is the first famous or celebrity or millionaire that, um, that you've first, you know, had an experience, but I've had an opportunity for cooking for? I mean, let, if you generalize baking as cooking, then yes, because we were talking about my cookies at the time, right? right. So yes, um, Don Jazzy will probably be the first. Now that you think, I haven't actually thought about it that way, but yes, Don Jazzy will probably be the first, you know, famous person that um, put money out and supported my dream. That's beautiful, and you know, he uh, also resides in Ghana, right? So you can take, you can claim him all by yourself, Niger people. You know, Ghana is claiming him too. <laughs> don jazzy yeah don jazzy does a lot of projects in ghana you know? okay yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh no great guy and so would you say he put you on did he call you literally to say bro i, I dig what you're doing i'm going to put you on uh to some few people or it was just it just happened out of the flash you realize that after him you started getting connection to other yeah, yeah, so it just happened after the flat out of the flash, to be honest. Um, I got a call that he was downstairs, he wanted to get some cookies for a special friend of his, and he was right outside my door. I got him the cookies and he gave me a hundred dollars. And I was like, mm. And then right after that, who is the next big one? I to be honest, I couldn't start name dropping now. Like I'm wow. first of all, the names don't stick in my head because it's not it's not the it's not top of mind for me. Mm -hmm. Um but um there's been a long list of famous people and influential people that have you know that have patronized my business. Um one of which was my experience with Lauren Hill when she visited Nigeria and um I was hired to take care of her green room. No, thank you. No, we would we would get to we'll try and get to some of the list because it's very impressive. So even though you don't want to get into it, we would we we will we'll get there. Um, has there been any inspirational figures uh, in this career of yours for you? Yes, um, inspirational. I would say a huge support system um, has come from the Adenuga family. Right. Um, um, there's a lot that in terms of the growth of my business and my brand that the Denoga family has done, um, especially with Bella being a huge part of that. Um, she has definitely supported my dream, you know, and has done everything within her power to put my foot forward. You know, um, um, my interaction with with um, um, and cooking for Emmanuel Macron actually came out of my relationship with the Adenoga family. If you say if you say Bella, who is who is um, Bella is Adenoga's daughter. Is one of Adenoga's daughters. Oh, oh, okay, great. And is it the one you are trying to get married to? No, I was just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just kidding, man. No, but, <laughs> um, no, but thank you. No, that is wonderful. Who knows? I mean, look. If it happens, please invite me to the wedding. And she's uh, married, love, bro. <laughs> oh, it is okay. Um, no, if you're connected to people like that, and um, and they have daughters, and you're a single man, right? A lot of times, that that's everybody will generalize. So, uh, pardon me that I'm generalizing on the show, even though I'm making a very big joke out of all of this. Mm -hmm. So, um, you 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 have shown a lot of, of course, you've gotten to where you've gotten to because you have been very professional and have been very excellent in uh, what you, what you do. Now, having gotten there, uh, you've decided to teach Africans, if I am right, correct me if I'm not, <clears throat> the art of. Uh, presentation when it comes to food and tell us uh, tell us about that journey so i won't say that i'm teaching africans okay um i would say um that i am one maybe inspiring more africans and um showcasing my culture um and i'm using food as my medium of communication um i'm a very proud african um and one that celebrates my culture any 
And um, over the last five years, I have um, focused all of my attention um, using my skill um, on the African culture. Um, when I started cooking, I was cooking French style, right? Um, and then over time, I found that what I actually wanted to cook was West African and Nigerian food, right? And then uh, I found that I realized that um, one of my callings was to progress that that cuisine because there was very little work being done you know for the progression of the cuisine and as time went on and africa became the center of att attention for the entire world it became even more important for myself and other chefs alike to do you know um, to spend a lot of time and attention on building our cuisine and making it globally acceptable um, and so three years ago i ventured on holiday to use my holiday as a platform to communicate with my friends and family you know to get the word out you know about our cuisine and i had also you know, dedicated my restaurant to to that same agenda. So my restaurant in Lagos called Ile Eros is an authentic Nigerian restaurant with a modern twist. And it's with a modern twist because the African cuisine or the Nigerian cuisine needs a certain level of modernization to transcend into the 21st century and the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, um, no one is eating the way we typically used to eat. No one eats that much oil anymore. No one eats that much fried food anymore. No one really like, and when I say no one, I mean most of the rest of the world, you know, it's that much spicy food anymore. Mm -hmm. So what we, what, 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 what myself and a few other chefs have been doing is modernizing the cuisine and me in particular, keeping it authentic so that the taste is still authentic, but modernizing it in this presentation and preparation in such a way that one, it is not just delicious, but it is nutritious, it is beautiful, and it is a great representation of our culture. That is, that's, that's very powerful. And so you said you started this three years ago. Uh, was it on the continent of Africa um, or you started here in the US and you're trying to take it to Africa? So I started in Africa and, and I'm trying to take it to the rest of the world. So um, my journey has started from Africa, but I have gone into South Africa. I have moved into other parts of West Africa, Ghana, you know, the UK and the US, you know, um, using food as my medium of communication, you know, showcasing my cuisine or my cultural cuisine um, in a modern light. Would you, is it also fair just to, Kind of categorize you as the billionaire chef who is promoting Africa through your craft. Correct. Correct. E excellent. And anybody else in this industry that you know of doing same? Yeah, there are a few people in the industry who are also doing the same. Um, if I was to mention a few names, um, I would say a guy like um, Michael Legbede, Chef Fregs, um, Tia Lila. Um, there, there's quite a number of not Obehi, a no, number of notable chefs in Nigeria, uh, Malonge from Rwanda, you know, who are who are progressing West African cuisine. Mm. And uh, in to in total, how long have you been in the culinary industry? Um, in total, I've been in the industry for eleven years. Any challenges at all? You sound of like course. just all. Oh well. Okay. My my first business failed, so it's not been all good, right? I um, it's been a lot of challenges. I was homeless for a year, you know. Um, you know, um, I had a business that was failing every year for three years. You know, um, you know there's been a lot of setback, but you know, we've gone through it all, and I'm glad to say that we're on the rise. Tell us about the homeless situation. Um, so this happened, um, what, 2014, 15? Yeah, between 15 and 16, actually, 2015, 16. Um, I had just gotten my cease and desist letter um, in 1004. Mm -hmm. So 1004 was where I was living, and at the time had become my sort of commercial location. I was doing a lot of my production out of my apartment in 1004. This and was I'm Lucky Lagos. 
no, this is Victoria Island, right? right? And I had gotten a letter asking me to cease and desist and to move out of the apartment, you know, in a couple of in a couple of weeks, you know. So I had no time to really put myself together. At that particular time, I'd invested everything I had opening up on Admiralty Way in Lekki, in Lagos. Um, so all my funds had gone into that. As a matter of fact, um, I had put my car up as a um, as a sort of guarantee or what, what would I call it, as a collateral to, to get a loan from a friend's dad, you know. So I didn't know how to have a car at the time, you know, and now I had to leave my apartment. And I only had like a one or two million naira left in my account, which I put towards getting a new location for my production in Lekki. And I had to move in with a friend of mine, AGK, who put me up in his house for about nine months whilst I was trying to get myself settled. You know, I was putting a lot of everything that I was earning back into the business to get it up and running. And I didn't have any spare funds to say, I want to go and rent an apartment of my own. I'm moving back home into my mom's apartment, into my mom's house wasn't an option that I was willing to explore. Wow. And then, but eventually things turn around for you. You were able to bounce back. Um, um, for me, um, necessity is always my mother of invention, right? So when I am in a tight corner, I excel, right? So um, that was my that was the time when a lot of things happened, right? My catering business boomed at that exact same time because I had no other choice but to push it, you know, with all my might, right? So my catering business actually paid for my next apartment, which now became where I was doing a lot of my catering preparation before I moved the catering preparation out of my house into what is now my current headquarters in Lekki. Well, thank you, Mbre. Thank you for sharing all these powerful, inspiring stories. Um, some people say, well, he's, he's Nigerian, one, and two, he is. Are you Igbo or Yoruba? I'm your I'm I'm Yoruba I'm mixed I'm a mix of Yoruba, Edo, and Calabar. Calabar. Okay. So the reason why I ask is that I think it's very common now. You know, I mean, I'm from Ghana, and we I know a lot of Igbos who are doing business, and I think around the world, uh, Igbos are associated with you know business acumen and being successful with it, and so one will say that you know, or maybe because he's Nigerian and he's Igbo, so he has that blood, but. There's something about Nigerians and how they uh, they succeed in business. If you go to South Africa, in the in the U.S., everywhere, uh, what would you say is that thing that you know motivates? Even though we also know the struggles that the youth of Nigeria is facing due to bad governance, what is it that pushes Nigerians, excuse me, to excel in almost everything that they touch if uh, they decide to, if they get, if they granted the opportunity? Let me say that. You know, I would also say it's necessity being the mother of invention, right? And also the fact that um, we feel the need to prove something to the world. Mm. Come from, I don't want to say lack, but I want to say from not as, we, our, our environment is not as privileged as the rest of the world. And as a result, we want to prove to the rest of the world that we have, we're great right so you find that even i as a chef who hasn't been to culinary school continually doing everything in my power to 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 show that i am better or equally as good as somebody who has been to culinary school and as a result um, i'm currently exceeding and excelling right um and i think that applies to most nigerians or black people in general is that we have a desire to prove the world wrong um, and to show that we are you know strong powerful and great and as a result you know we we put all our might and our efforts into everything that we do but thank you so much for sharing that it's it's i think it's very interesting that we have to prove something mm -hmm. right as a people you know because there shouldn't there shouldn't be that feeling or mm -hmm. that need for us to prove anything we are humans. Uh, if anything, our continent has all the resources. We are rich. We are great. So don't prove anything. Just do. But we, I think that we have found ourselves in um, that type of era or situation where there is a need for us to prove. And so thanks for um, sharing that. And so my, I think what I've also been thinking about is 
what is in Chef Errol's food that uh, billionaires, billionaires would want to be eating, eating, I mean, continuously, let me put it that way. Well, I mean, it doesn't just apply to billionaires. And uh, the, the, the whole mean, billionaire chef and the man who knows what billionaires eat for lunch is uh, almost just because of the fact that a lot of my clients are billionaires, right? Mm -hmm. The one thing that is in my food that makes everyone want to eat it for lunch is love. My food comes from a place of love, you know, and it, it shows in the taste, in the presentation, you know, you can feel the passion when you eat it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's simply because of the fact that it comes from a place of love, you know, and from my heart, you know? Um, I don't know that I'm doing anything special per se, aside from the fact that I pay a lot of attention to detail. I am particular about the quality of the ingredients that I use. I'm very particular about the techniques that I use and I pay every attention towards a culinary experience that is unforgettable. Now that attracts the billionaires because they can afford it, but that doesn't mean that it's only the billionaires that can eat it. You know, everyone um, would love and appreciate what I do. Um, the, the whole billionaire chef thing is, is just something that has happened organically as a result of the people who have patronized me first. And, and I think you got that term or name or title from uh, Forbes Africa, right? When Correct. it did something on you. Okay. Correct. Uh, that, th that is very powerful. And the reason why, again, I asked is, is that, yes, if Bilones can can eat your food, then regular folks would even enjoy it more, right? Um, now, famous people are uh, picky when it comes to everything. The clothing, their cars, they, they drive the best of cars, they you know, get the best of houses. And of course, if they want to eat, they want to make sure that it's it's fine. How long have you spent um, with, you know, let's say, uh, an I mean, on, on, on the average, how long do you spend cooking for a famous person or a billionaire or someone very important? You know, the thing about it is I don't really think about this enough. Maybe I don't because I don't really think about whether someone is famous or a billionaire when I'm cooking. I'm just cooking. Okay, right? good. So um, if I like, and this has probably happened when we we're having a conversation and I was struggling to name any names because yeah. I'm just like, you know, everyone for me, I don't, I don't differentiate between whether you're a billionaire or a millionaire or, or have no money. As long as you're coming to me for my food, you know, uh, it's great. But I would say that um, a huge percentage of the people who patronize my, now there are different services that I render. And that's, that's, I think that's also why it's difficult for me to answer this question is that my restaurant caters to everyone. You know, the items on the restaurant menu from like, you know, what $10 up until, you know, $100 on the menu, right? Um, what What is a little more premium is the catering aspect of my business, right? Because um, for example, to hire me, you know, um, the call out the call out fee for example is a minimum of a thousand dollars right and only a certain no, a certain number of people can afford to to pay that just to call me out not even including you know the food right um but um th that does that's not to say that in in the room there isn't a mix of people you know um especially when i'm on tour for example or on this holiday tour there are people from different works of life who have attended the, the dinners you know and um some of them are famous and some are not you know um so it's a it's a good mix of famous and unfamous billionaires and non-billionaires that that have patronized or enjoy my cooking now that you've mentioned, thank you again for, you know, that insight. So now that you've mentioned the services that you provide, can you tell us the difference, um, the differences? Okay. So um, the first of which is my bakery, um, Cookie Jar, is an African boulangerie, an adult dessert parlor. And what that may, pretty much means is that the bakery focuses on developing African pastries and snacks. And we also have a 
parlor that's opening in a few weeks in Lekki. Um, that's an adult dessert parlor. What that really means is that a lot of the desserts are targeted towards an adult clientele, not necessarily kids, um, because some of them are infused with alcohol and a lot of them are, you know, you have gluten-free, you have dairy-free, you have sugar-free, you have a lot of those like dietary supplements that are not necessarily children-friendly. Um, that does not mean that children cannot have it all. It's just that our focus was a lot on the adults. So that's cookie jar. Eros and Gourmet is the catering business and that pretty much does anything from canapes to finger foods to fine dining, grills, bowls, small plates, you know, things like that. Um, and Eros and Gourmet has been around for a um, number of years. Ile Eros is the next one, which is the restaurant um, in Lekki, um, which is an authentic Nigerian restaurant. Um, and we have a variety of menus from lunch to dinner, brunch, suya, and co. Um, and then um, Fresh Prep, which is our newest baby, which was born during the pandemic, is our groceries arm. You know, we, we, we make um, prepped meals, you know, meal preps, which are uh, so we have prep groceries, we have um, recipe kits, and we have meal preps available for people who want to reduce their cooking time or do very little cooking or even standardize, you know, the flavors in their kitchen by buying marinated protein so that their chefs can just grill or fry or bake or whatever, you know, and so on and so forth. It also includes oils and spices, you know, and that's so that's fresh prep. And the last is the billionaire chef, which is the entertainment part of the the of of all the five of the group um and that's what you see on instagram you know and we're working on a number of projects from tv you know um to you know right now we're, we're on this holiday tour and i call it a holiday tour because it's not a professional official tour it's really me on holiday traveling to different cities and hosting dinners for friends and family alike who, who are, are willing to come and experience you know my cuisine next by next year we're going to make it a little we're going to make it a lot more professional you know and, and that should be um a pretty exciting no thank you for sharing and we at, at, from in, in this section we want to do what we want to what, what we want to do is to play to uh play show this video to our audience and then you can tell us a story behind this folks okay so this is dangote um tell us how you got to work for him, who made the connection, if you want to share it, but most importantly, your experience serving him and how long you served him for. Um, so Aliko Dangote um, is obviously the wealthiest person in Africa. Mm. Um, um, the first time I catered for him was in his home in Victoria Island. And that was um, connected through a great friend of mine, o Ozo, um, who um, also does um, so a lot of like premium events. And she has a flower shop in Lagos as well. And then after that, I got on to do a few things for him privately uh, for his birthday. Birthday um, through um, the Mokwedes, who um, host him quite often at Coronation Capital. Um, and then for his daughter's wedding through Zafaya events, um, where we've catered for uh, over, over a thousand people during his daughter's wedding, and then a few other very private small gigs. Um, aside from that, yeah, so that's that's it for um, Aliko Dangote. Aliko Dangote, wow. So do you? Um, so I, I, we want to know how this thing works. So you do this for him and do you get to, um, stay with him for, let's say a month or two to just make it food for him or. No, no, no. So I don't, I'm not that kind of private chef. I am a calm, do my thing and go. Um, and I, I am also one of those that don't necessarily, um, fraternize with guests per se you know i can be very social i'll come out i'll smile and everything but i'm just doing that more of a on a very professional line you'll barely see me stand around and take pictures and you know chit chat i if i if i do any chit chatting it's because the guests have requested to speak to me and it's just a matter of oh we want to say our pay our compliments to the chef but um no i don't like sit stay in anyone's house and and cook for them on a daily basis have you gotten the opportunity where you could have been a private for any of these big guys i have gotten a request to do it but it's not it's not my life's work i'm not i'm not i'm not that kind of guy wow i can't sit still it can't be one place you want to share who 
No. Okay, no. <laughs> All right. Maya, if 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 he asks you to become your private chef, if this one asks you to come, the one on the screen right now, Dan Gote, mm -hmm. if he if he demands that you do it, would you? No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't think <laughs> okay. All right. So because of course, uh you, you want to tell because us because then I'll have to put everyone else on hold and I can't do that. You're right. You're right. Uh no, it's it's we want to get into your mentality, you know, because mm -hmm. Uh, people live for different things and you are living for not just your um your craft but something bigger than you which which yeah. requires that you move around and, mm -hmm. and and get things done and so uh we want to go on to on to the next slide which is which is lauren hill um so my interaction with lauren hill happened many years ago actually um probably about six seven years ago mm -hmm. um whilst i was um um pushing the cookie jar agenda heavily. This was the early years, early days of cookie jar. Okay. Uh, the brand was trending and I got hired to handle her green room. She had come, she had come into Nigeria um, for a show um, at a hotel and suites. And I got hired by um, a hotel and, uh, and the green room um, which is a concierge company to handle her green room. And so that in, in involved making a number of things, you know, that she liked, you know, she was very health conscious. So we did like a nice crudite for her, you know, um, we made her some branded cupcakes with her face on it, you know, um, uh, a bunch of salads and she had a number of dietary restrictions with certain things that she wanted to eat. And so we made all of those available and I got an opportunity to chat with her for a few minutes and take a few pictures brilliant and when you chatted with her what was the compliment what was her compliment for your food um, she the first thing that amazed her i think was the first time she had seen her face on a cupcake before so <laughs> that was um but um she was she was very intrigued by my passion and um and the attention to detail and how beautiful everything looked Thank you for sharing. And I forgot to ask you the same question for Dan Gote. So, of course, you got a chance to interact with him and his family directly. What? And then you did all this food for them. What, what were or was, if it was only one comment to you or compliment to you regarding your service? Usually just pretty good food. You know, they enjoyed it. That's pretty what You know, it's pretty good food. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Okay. No, no, because that again, the assumption is that if you know, if they, these famous people, have gotten into your their space to cook for them, of course they are expecting nothing but exceptional, right, and different. And so, if if that is the case, we wanted to know how they felt about it, where their expectations met, you know, based off what they had heard or learned about you, and that's the reason why I wanted us to know. But thank you for sharing, and um, thanks for sharing the story regarding Lauren Hill as well. And I think the next one after Lorraine Hill is uh, this personality that is coming up. And again, you're watching the Progressive My Show. If you're on Facebook, please share the feed. And on Facebook, uh, on sorry, YouTube, share it on YouTube as well. We're also live. Uh, yes, can you tell us the story about Mike Adenuga? Um, Mike Adenuga is actually one of my favorite billionaires, um, if not my favorite of the, all of them. Um, he's an amazing man. Um, I've got to work with the family for a number of years. Uh, very, um, you know, um, you know, beautiful family, you know, very private as well, you know, and I, and I love and appreciate that. Um, you know, um, the first time I ever worked with them, I believe was for a Christmas party in somewhere around 2014 or 13, there about. Mm -hmm. um, and from then on, you know, I have proceeded to work for the family um, at major events when they're hosting, for example, the president of Ghana, um, a bunch of, you know, you know, people that they've, they've hosted from time to time, you know, and um, I've gone along to even um, cook for the family on a weekly basis on a Sunday um, for a family a family dinner that they typically host. Um, and yeah, it's it's been a great experience working with the family. Um, uh, one of his daughters, Bella, is a dear friend of mine, and um, she's been a huge supporter of my of my ambition and my 
my dreams and um we work for we work we've worked with her a number of times and with the family and we continue to to serve and cater to their needs no thank you for again sharing uh your experience with mike adenoga a billionaire in africa uh that's very inspiring we want to check out the next guest uh next famous guest that Ferros has cooked for this lady right here you want to tell us um the story behind your interaction with no, her? i'm looking i'm looking at her picture and i'm like hmm, she looks different from but i'm guessing uh, this isn't this must have been a very like young picture of her right well you know we had to find a picture for her since we don't have contact with her we had to research what we, we could find online so this is what we got <laughs> okay so um uh -huh. i've only in the, i only got to cook for her once right and this was only about a week ago right only about a week ago at one of my dinners she was one of the guests at my dinner last week saturday here in la and um, she's an amazing you know a hairstylist and um, a beautiful beautiful black woman and um, yeah uh, we got to interact uh, we chat from time to time on instagram you know she's an amazing person and um, um, she absolutely enjoyed the experience um, where um, i presented six of nigeria's most famous flavors um, from Yaji through Tuzubo. And for listeners, uh, this lady is Felicia Leatherwood. For those who can see the name clearly, she is the world's leading celebrity stylist and inspirational beauty speaker in regard to natural hair. And so uh, that is Felicia Leatherwood for you, one of the famous people that Chef Eros has cooked for. And we want to go to the next one. Uh, there are a couple of them. We just want to be able to get a opportunity for, for him to tell us his personal experience with his folks. This oh, is St. John. <laughs> um, Bazoma. Bazoma was very, very brief um, <laughs> as well um, a few weeks ago in L.A., um, and that was a beautiful experience. Um, she came in in a beautiful bright orange dress. I can never forget. And um, we did take a picture together, even though I haven't seen that picture yet. I'm, I'm going to try and get that picture out. Um, she absolutely uh, 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 loved the experience as well. Didn't get to eat the jollof, so I owe her jollof rice, and she's going to hold me to it. Um, but it was definitely an amazing experience um, to host her at my dinner. Thank you for sharing. And uh, Bezoma St. John is an American businesswoman uh, and a marketing executive for Netflix, currently for Netflix. But I think she was proud to, proud to Netflix. She was working for Uber as their uh, marketing uh, chief executive, uh, chief executive marketing officer, if that's the right title. But she held that high position with Uber before moving to Netflix. And before we continue, I also want to say that maybe we'll come to that. Uh, we'll come to you ment uh, mentoring other chefs. I'm sure you have other, you know, chefs coming up that you're mentoring. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Great. Brilliant. Uh, are they mostly in Nigeria or yes. all over? Okay. Now, hopefully we can find you one in Chicago who's Ghanaian that you can mentor to if, if you don't mind. Uh, there, there is one young lady and I'll just... Uh, her she goes by. Uh, we're just trying to find her information here. Uh, the name of the company is Faithful Kitchen. Faithful Kitchen, and she is up and coming in Ghana. I mean, sorry, in she's a Ghanaian up and coming uh, chef, restaurateur, and you know, business entrepreneur uh, here in Chicago. Uh, of course, that's Jalof. You know, some of the uh, list the list on her menu is Jalof rice, Mama Tricia salad, Wache fried rice, okra soup, and banku, all of that, peanut butter soup, light soup, and all of that. So if you want to, you can check her out. She's on uh, Facebook, no, social media. She's on uh, Instagram, Instagram. Uh, and she goes by Faith and the hyphen full kitchen, Faith hyphen full kitchen. Uh, I call her Dr. Safu, but her name is Agnes Safu. Uh, her contact number, if you guys want to reach out to, is 224-33459. Five two, and again later we can ask Doctor. No, we can ask Chef Eros uh, to give her an advice or two. We'll also come to that Jollof argument. Just give us one second. Let's go through the list of famous people that the Chef Eros has before. This is the President of France. Imagine <laughs> Look at this picture. <laughs> <laughs> 
Emmanuel Macron. Tell may us. God forgive the person that took this picture. <laughs> Sorry? I said, may God forgive the person that took this picture and cut my head. Of course. If not, if God don't forgive that person, Tanda will, will scatter his head. <laughs> no, but yes, the, the, the person, you know, did. I think you were trying to catch it. You were walk, it looks like you were walking briskly away and the person was trying hard to catch you mm -hmm. there, you know. So, mm -hmm. but tell us the story behind this picture. Okay, so Emmanuel Macron visited Nigeria a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, um, again, through the Adenoga family, I was hired to host the breakfast for him. Mm. Um, he was um, there as well to honor Adenoga and open, officially open the Mike Adenoga Foundation um, on um, Alfred Wani in Koyi, Lagos. Mm -hmm. And I was honored to make a huge, delicious breakfast spread for the president um, and a few honorable guests that were you know, um, seated at the breakfast. Uh, is that, was that a typical Nigerian breakfast? The mixture of Nigerian and French. It was like a nice fusion breakfast. And I also noticed that uh, one of your businesses, or yeah, has a French name. Uh, when I go through your, you know, when I look you, when I go through your stuff, uh, it looks like you have a lot of French influence in some of the things that you do. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But, and if that is the case, what is the connection there between you and the uh, French? Um, I would say that the major connection would just be the fact that French is the mother cuisine. Um, and um, I got a lot of inspiration to modernize my cuisine from French style cooking. Okay. Um, and yeah. The first time I ever saw the inside of the culinary class was in France, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Excellent. And then um, we will go to the next slide. But while we are waiting for the next slide, um, we want to talk about your project. Actually, let's go to the next slide. Then we can come to the project in the United States. Okay. okay. Great. And uh, this one is, this one is, I'm guessing... Has to do with, uh, there you go. Um, Wale Shoyinka, um, amazing human being. Mm -hmm. um, um, again, this happened the same day with um, Emmanuel Macron. Um, but after that, um, we have gone ahead to make a number of things for him, usually ordered by one of his managers. Um, he's just a great guy, to be honest. And I've only ever really interacted with him um, that one day where you can see in the picture. That was the same day um, with Emmanuel Macron. Oh, thank you so much for giving us that background. Uh, that is the famous Wallace uh, Shoyinka. I was going to say Shoyinka. Uh, he gave me the right now the next on this slide coming up is man I, all africans love this man man i you know right rmd <laughs> richard mofer damager this um so richard mofer damager has probably had my phone a number of times but the one that is memorable the most memorable would have been three days ago two mm. days ago friday on friday so Good. that happened remotely um, and, um, yeah, he, he, he's still celebrating his 60th birthday with a number of parties and, um, Saturday happened to be, and Friday happened to be one of those parties that, um, um, I, we, well, I say I, but I mean we, and, and this is me and my team. And I, I'm grateful to have such an amazing team that are able to carry on doing my work whilst I'm away. Um, but my team and I came up with a beautiful menu and uh, my team was able to execute that menu with me working with them remotely to deliver a three course non um, um, experience, you know, of Nigerian. It was a purely Nigerian African menu. Um, actually it was four courses because we started off with palm wine and then we went all the way down to a delicious dessert wow powerful powerful um is he still acting he is definitely he has a new movie coming out with kemi adetiba called king of boys that should be out very shortly wow so out in a few days wow well thank you for sharing the insights <laughs> to uh this picture and this you know to your uh work with him i want to take a look at oh it's still going this yeah. list is long though yeah, it's long because you you've done a lot. It's yeah, we got to. I mean, we've, talk, we've spoken about Don Jazzy already. Um, okay. 
Um, he's a record producer, very famous in West Africa and around the world. Um, Don Jazzy uh, was, like I said, one of the first people to patronize the cookie jar bakery and has since been a huge supporter of my brand. Um, and um, yeah, Don Jazzy's Don Jazzy, great guy. Excellent. Okay, so so how has religion, first of all, are you a religious person? I am. I'm okay. Christian. Christian, okay. And how has your faith, uh, played out in your career up until now? Pretty good role, you know. Um, I would say that I have put my foot, my 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 knees to the ground a lot, um, and I have had I've, I've had to have faith in in God and um, in in what the future holds. Um, you know, I, I before I set out every day, I, I say a prayer. Um, that the sun shall not smite me by day nor the moon by night. Um, you know, the Lord shall be my shield on my right hand. Um, you know, he will, he will guide my going out and my coming in, okay. you know. And um, I also uh, always pray for all gates to be lifted. Um, and I pray that um, all those gates are lifted before I go out. So wow. I would say religion plays a huge role. I, 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 career mm, thanks again for sharing the before we come to your project which will be the last thing we discuss before we go which you know i know you have you're you're busy so we'll try to wrap it up real quick the case for nigeria nigeria ghana when we spoke you added the did a cont into the contest um Senegal, the senegalese jollof so tell us about it the contest well the, I mean, the contest has been between Nigeria and Ghana, right? When it comes to, I mean, mostly for, for most Africans, or I'll say, I'll say most West Africans, you know, that competition of who is better in and all that. So in the fights to become the champion of who cooks the best jollof, you know, when it comes to Ghana and Nigeria, uh, that is what most of us are used to. But then again, when we spoke, you mentioned Senegal. So tell us about the whole Jalof saga. So uh, obviously everyone knows that there has been this ongoing war between Nigeria and Ghana, um, well, virtual war between Nigeria and Ghana on whose Jalof is better. Yeah. Um, I have been very removed from it and then I'll tell you why. I feel like Africa uh, as a whole is a great nation together as opposed to individually. Mm -hmm. And um, this Jolof war is one of those things that have been created to drive a wedge between two different nations. Okay. Um, and so when I cook the, the jollof rice, I don't cook a Nigerian jollof rice, neither do I cook a Ghanaian jollof rice or a Senegalese jollof rice. Um, so a Senegalese, the Senegalese are actually the inventors of jollof, right? The Wolof people of Senegal came up with this tomato-based rice, you know, that's cooked in stock. And the Senegalese will usually infuse a lot of vegetables, uh, seafood into their jollof. The Ghanaians use a perfumed rice, usually a jasmine or basmati, to make their rice and the nigerians are famous for smoking the jollof now my jollof which i call the unity jollof combines all three jollofs into one so if you if you come to um, go to my restaurant or you come on any of my events or tours you would experience the unity jollof which fuses the smokiness of the nigerian the perfumed rice of the ghanians and the infusion of delicious stock and vegetables most times in the case of um, plantain peas and carrots into a jollof wow no thanks for sharing i mean when we i think when we talk when people talk about the jollof war between niger, niger and ghana i think it's more on a lighter side people just it is definitely on a lighter side exactly right. serious. good Good. And thanks for sharing that perspective. More fun than anything else. No fun and games. There you go. There you go. And so, I mean, for, for me, the the Senegalese aspect of the Senegalese uh, narration to the whole uh, Jollof, you know, thing is is something uh, new to me. And so thanks for sharing. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have gotten some insight to that as well. Now, your project in in the United States, tell us uh, how how is, first of all, your vision for it and how it's going so far. All right, so I'm on holiday at the moment, and um, what I'm doing whilst I'm here um, is not just sleeping and waking up every day. It's using my holiday as a platform to 
educate people on my culture, um, using food as a medium of of communication. Um, so what I've been doing is traveling different cities in the UK, in the US, um, and having private dinners for friends and family, you know, to come and experience um, West African culture. Now the friends and family have invited their own friends and families and people have had to go on the websites to register because these tours, these experiences are very expensive to put together. We um, we have um, put a little bit of a price tag to it. It's a not-profit exercise, so it's not for profit. It, um, it's just enough to break even and cover costs, and not even so much so, right? Um, but we've had over 100 people come um, and experience, and people not just Nigerians, but other Africans and non-Africans come and experience West African culture through food. Um, the event has happened in the in LA, in in New York, and in the Hamptons, and is going to be moving to Houston um, from the 18th through to the 22nd in Houston, and then in Atlanta from the 28th um, through to the 30th, and possibly in New York and LA again sometime in September. Okay, and uh, any type of support that you would like people to give you out there whilst you were here and on this project. So, like I said, uh, this exercise, exercise has has been a, a not-for-profit not exercise. Okay. We raised a little bit of funds from the people who have registered um, and have uh, paid the gate fee to come in, but not for it's not enough to cover the cost. As a result, um, we um, would obviously appreciate any help we can get in terms of sponsorship. You know, to pay for the cost exp expenses, which is anywhere between you know four to five thousand dollars per event mm. well thank you again for sharing we have a few comments we'd like to read out what before we close uh this evening's episode with the billionaire chef this is from k who do you love do you like of course that yeah i'm sure you already respond. I like all three of them <laughs> so uh not seeing the food but got me salivating thank you again for sharing if you want to see the food go onto my instagram you'll find a lot of food pictures on there and yeah which is the billionaire uh no the billionaire chef thank you there you go the yeah. billionaire chef. okay i thought i had it right um thanks for the awareness and thanks for coming on on to share your story sir agnes sarfo she is one of the up-and-coming uh, chefs, you know, uh, restauranter. Is that the pr correct pronunciation? Restauranter, yes. Excellent. And so, if, if you if you're taking mentors, uh, she's very uh, she's a very studious lady. And you know, if you don't mind, we can after off air we can discuss how you can mentor her. You know, take her on mm -hmm. as one of your mentees. Um, thank you. And this is from uh, we got that from um, Honey. Uh, honey has medicine okay honey has medicine upon wonderful program thank you for uh commenting well our show for this evening uh has to come on to has come to an end with chef arrows uh we have heard a little bit about his story coming up uh on this journey and being who and where she where he asked uh, where he's at today the people that he is cooked for some of the people that he's cooked for he shared the story behind the story uh, we hope that you've gotten some insight. We, go, we hope that you have been inspired. And, of course, with the program that is the project that he's on in the United States, we also hope that you give him the support that you can. He shared this information. If you Google him, if you put his name in on Google, all information and if everything you need to know about him is, uh, is, is out there. And if you want to reach out to him, feel free to do so via social media. Chef Eros. We are very grateful for your coming to the program and sharing your story. Any last words before we let you go? Um, just say thank you very much for having me. Um, 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 thank you for the uh, thank you for the opportunity, and I look forward to having more conversation in the future. Um, and um, just want to thank everyone who tuned in and um, sharing, you know, um, my story and the work that we're doing with their contacts. Um, we are doing this to one make our continent proud and to to put our continent on the global map um, and, and talk about share our culture using food as a medium of communication. Mm -hmm. uh, so please do whatever you can to continue to 
push the agenda. If you're a chef, start considering cooking more of your cuisine and and, and don't be afraid to 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 modernize and and make things look different but as much as long as you keep it authentic in its taste you know um just thank you mm. my pleasure uh my pleasure the billionaire chef uh he's very big on presentation 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 and he mentioned it earlier that people are not eating like the way we used to uh, some years ago right um and so if you're into the, the uh, cuisine or restaurateur business uh, presentation is everything. And so he's a master of it. In addition to a lot of things, he's gotten a lot of experience. He has the exposure, obviously. So, and he's willing to share, you know, how cool can that be? He's willing to share. Whatever you're doing, like he said, promoting your culture or Africa, keep doing it and keep, most importantly, keep doing it in the most excellent. And uh, I think God being with for all of us, you will succeed. My brother, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, we are glad that uh, you were doing what you're doing for yourself, your community, your family, and Mama Africa. I also want to take a moment to say a special thanks to Oni for setting this up. Uh, Oni is a special lady in the community, community uh, doing international things as well. And again, uh, for those of you who are interested in African cuisine, you want to contact Faithful Kitchen. Faithful Kitchen. She is on Instagram. Her phone number is 224-334-5952. Remember, to whom much is given, much is required. The Progressive Mind Show would return as usual on Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. My brother, it was nice talking to you. Have a wonderful day. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye.